Welcome to Streams in the Desert Live, an interactive prophetic talk show with pastor, evangelist, and prophetic teacher, Dana Bohansky, senior pastor of Streams in the Desert Ministries and House Church, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy and give you, the listener, an opportunity to call in to ask questions and share information regarding the signs of the times. This ministry is dedicated to the preaching and teaching of the unadulterated word of the one and only true and living God under the power and anointing of God's Holy Ghost. Streams in the Desert Live is an expansion of Streams in the Desert Ministries. Now, here's your host, Pastor Dana. Shalom and blessings in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Dana, and I once again would like to thank you for joining me today, March 22nd, 2017, for the Streams in the Desert Live Internet Radio Broadcast coming to you live from the beautiful and breathtaking studios of StarWorldWideNetworks.com, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Today's topic title is Christian Illuminati. But before we get started, let us pray. Father God, we humbly come before your throne this day. Lord God, we thank you for a safe trip to the station today. We ask that you have your way by the power and anointing of your Holy Spirit, that you would send out this word around the world to do that in the hearts and minds and spirits of your people. Holy Spirit, have your way in this day. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we command that every foul spirit, every hindering spirit, every spirit of disinterruption and interruption would be bound this very hour. In the name of Jesus, we command that it be done, and we plead the blood of Jesus against you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for being our Savior, and we call it done in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray, amen and amen. Well, folks, greetings to you all once again from wherever you are in the world as you join me, your host, Pastor Dana, today for another compelling episode of Streams in the Desert Live Internet Radio Broadcast. As we open the show for today, I would first like to explain the title, Christian Illuminati. While the Illuminati is, in its true form, a very real, dark, satanically propelled secret society, one of the mystery religions, if you will, the Christian Illuminati, as I have chosen to call it for the moment, of which I have come here to speak to you all about, is somewhat the same, in that it is a very real and dark, satanically propelled entity, better known as one of the many, many faces of what can only be labeled as counterfeit Christianity, of whose leaders' claims are one and the same as the original Illuminati, created in 1776, of which is still very much alive and well and doing the bidding of Satan in the here and now. The original Illuminati, as well as the Christian Illuminati that I have come here to inform you of, operate in very much the same way. How, you ask? Well, first of all, you should really understand just what the word Illuminati means. It means enlightened, which translates to progressive, free-thinking, open-minded, and tolerant, of which describes a sect of people who, in the case of my made-up Christian Illuminati, of whose real name I will shortly be exposing, are in reality those who claim to possess special enlightenment or knowledge of something in regard to some mysterious standard known only to the Illuminati, or in other words, to the enlightened of the 
of the organization. My friends, this satanically inspired counterfeit Christianity that I have there again come to warn you about has held many names over the past at least 69 years. It has been cloaked with such titles as the, La the Latter Rain Movement, the Manifest Sons of God, or Joel's Army, Kingdom Now Theology, Dominion Theology, Third Wave Revivalism, and as of late, we have heard it called the Seven Mountains Mandate, or Dominionism. During the recent presidential election, in association with Ted Cruz and his pastor father's beliefs. In 2001, a man named C. Peter Wagner created another version of this satanically infused mindset, and it is the one that I have come here today to warn you all of. And it is called the New Apostolic Reformation Movement. My friends, this perverted form of biblical teaching, which is no biblical teaching at all, that's why they call it counterfeit, this so-called new apostolic reformation movement here in the year 2017, though it's already been around in circulation in its current form for the last 16 years, it appears to be picking up steam in the devouring of unsuspecting churchgoers such as never before seen from its inception. The New Apostolic Reformation, or NAR, is infiltrating all types of mainline churches. And since it mimics the biblical Pentecostal faith, it's no surprise that about three to four Sundays ago, I received a call from a longtime friend who, during the course of the conversation, shared with me that they and their family would not be returning to their Assembly of God church, of which they had been a part of for quite a number of years, where, mind you, they were very involved. The husband was on the church board as well as the overseer of a very thriving men's ministry, of which the Lord God, by way of his Holy Spirit, had sent them there to set in place and nurture. My friends, what happened in short, and is what is happening and taking place, not only in America, but the world over, is that the current pastor of that church had gotten tangled up with the unbiblical teachings of this so-called new apostolic reform theology. I recently read that the Assembly of God, as a mainline denomination, had denounced this unbiblical kingdom, now apostle, prophet, world, dominion, hierarchy, teaching in their churches, but the writer said that, unfortunately, the organization is so spread out around the world that there is just no way that they can know at any given time what every pastor is preaching and teaching. My friends, we need to be very vigilant here at 11.59 in split seconds, just before the imminent return of the Lord and only Savior of all mankind, who is Jesus Christ, who is as well called the bridegroom, who is shortly to return for his bride, which consists of all who are ready, watching, waiting, praying, and have a personal relationship in right standing with him at his appearing in what is widely known as the rapture or the catching away of the saints. My friends, this counterfeit version of Christianity hits on Bible things that most people in the world already don't like to accept from the word of God as it is. This satanic ruse in the end just keeps pushing people further and further away from the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ, of which he paid for with his precious and holy shed blood and at the same time is destroying the very minds of people, just as any cult does over the long run.
One of the blogs that I went to during my research gave this advice. And I'm going to read what they said and give you my little commentary. Number one, they said, don't listen to anyone that gets downloads or new revelation directly from God. My friends, I don't believe in getting uh, any of my information from anyone who claims to get a download. I do agree with that. And there are no new revelations of God. My friends, when the Lord gives a prophetic word, which he does through his people that he has called to a prophetic ministry, when he gives a prophetic word, it will always be something that lines up with his word. And as the scriptures state, there is nothing new under the sun. Number two, they say, don't listen to anyone who gives lip service to the Bible, but rarely actually reads it. And I totally agree with that. My friends, don't look to your friends and those who do not have a good understanding of the word of God. And my friends, if they're not filled with the indwelling power of God's Holy Spirit, you can only discern so much of what the Bible says. You can take it for face value, and it is what it is, and it says what it says, and what it says it means. But there are deeper meanings that can only be searched out by the indwelling power of God's Holy Spirit. Don't listen to anyone whose ideas require the Message Bible for validation. Or, my friends, any other false rendering of the Word of God, like the NIV or any number of others, because there is one word for the American people, whether they like it or not, and that is the King James Version. It's been good for over 400 years, my friends. So I always say, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And certainly don't add or take away from the word of God, because the Lord in his word says that if you do, you will receive the plagues that go along with that task. They go on to say, don't listen to anyone who is getting rich from his or her ministry. Well, I know a few people that that could certainly knock out. And I mean, you know, they really want you to have your best life now in giving them all of your money. They go on to say, don't listen to anyone who twists God's word or approves of those who do. And that would be absolutely true, my friends. Know God's word, know it well, and know it correctly for yourself first. And then listen to those that claim that they have been called by the Lord God and filled with the indwelling power of his Holy Spirit. For my friends, if they have been filled with the indwelling power of God's Holy Spirit, you will not be led wrong as long as you adhere to the word. The Lord will show you if there's error in anything that that person tells you. They go on to say next, don't listen to anyone who values the world's approval more than service to God. If they're out there looking like a movie star on the stage and they're really concerned about how everything goes for them and not what is being said and brought in the word of God, then number one, you can probably pretty much figure they're not filled with the indwelling power of God's Holy Spirit. And that would be your first thing to know that they are not even called by God to be there doing what it is they are doing. And I don't care who they are or what their name is. If you're not filled with the indwelling power of God's Holy Spirit as a preacher, teacher, evangelist, missionary, you are not called by God. They go on next to say, don't listen to anyone who talks more about themselves than the Lord Jesus Christ. Self-explanatory, my friends, and goes along with the last one. They go on to say, don't listen to anyone who casts a vision. My friends, they're giving you a clue of a buzzword that is used in these false teachings and these false religions. Casting vision. Casting vision is a buzzword. If you hear it, run as fast as you can in the opposite direction. Don't listen to anyone who casts a vision that you're required to follow. For my friends, any vision encompassing the church body of the Lord Jesus Christ as a whole or otherwise is only to be mandated by the Lord God 
according to his word, and it will line up with his word, and not the carnal vision of any man or woman. They go on to say, don't listen to anyone who claims to have discovered a secret from God. My friends, God does not operate in secret. He even says it in his word. He says, I have done nothing in secret. God does not operate in secret. He operates according to his written word. So if somebody says something to you that seems a little off color, then go weigh it against God's word. And that goes for any and everybody, my friends, even myself. I always say that we're not beyond making an error. It wouldn't be intentional, but Lord willing, we don't because the power of his spirit is over us to speak the words that he really wants you to remember. And those will be the words that you do remember. Next, they say, don't listen to anyone who preaches a sermon based on his or her new book. Hmm. We are to promote the word of God, my friends, by way of the power, working, and anointing of God's Holy Spirit, and not by our own or any other man's interpretation. Let me say that again. As a pastor, as a teacher, as a missionary, as anyone who handles the word of God, my friends, First of all, they are to be filled with the indwelling power of God's Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. This is the New Testament. This is the church age. It began in Acts. And in Acts chapter 2, the Lord Jesus in Acts chapter 1 told the disciples that, in, and it showed up in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, do not leave Jerusalem until the power of the Holy Spirit that the Father has promised to send when I come back to heaven unto you. Do not leave Jerusalem until the power has come upon you. Then you will be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. The next thing is, my friends, that it is the power working and anointing of God's Holy Spirit that sends out God's word. If there is no power working and anointing of the Holy Spirit on a word, you can identify this yourself. You've heard people bring the word of God that you just want to go to sleep. That's because they do not operate under the power and anointing of God's Holy Spirit. And my friends, many, many people are out there bringing their own interpretations, and especially people like the group that I'm about to reveal to you today in this NAR, our new apostolic reformation. They go on to say, don't listen to those who question the Bible while pretending to value it. For my friends, you can be certain of one thing, and that is anyone who would question God's word is not called by God nor, there again, is filled with his Holy Spirit to preach or teach it. And that is the major problem in our churches of today. Next, they say, don't listen to anyone who values adoration from the audience above service to God. Self-explanatory. Pride cometh before a fall my friends, and that is the word of God. They go on to say, don't listen to anyone who preaches all law and no gospel, which I tend to think of as being legalistic. And yes, it is totally A, very boring. And B, would there again tell you that they're not operating in the power and anointing of God's Holy Spirit because his word is always lively, it is always appropriate, and it goes to where he wants it to go, and it never comes back void. Finally, they say, don't listen to anyone who thinks this list is too harsh and narrow-minded, of which I happen to agree with, my friends, because the Lord Jesus Christ told us that the way to destruction is upon a broad and wide path. And the road to everlasting life is on the straight and narrow path. 
which there be that few that ever find it. And on that fine note, my friends, of which I agree with, I will be right back after the break to share some of the typical goings-on in the church that has been infiltrated by the new apostolic reformation movement. Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say of the Lord. My friends, we now have a great piece that is going to outline for us some of the things that will be a dead giveaway that you have stumbled into a new apostolic reformation so-called church. This piece was found on a blog by Amy Spreeman called the Berean Examiner, dated June 6, 2016, titled the six hallmarks of a NAR church, of which Spreeman begins by asking the question, is your church shifting into becoming an NAR apostate? It could be. And your leaders might not even be aware. The New Apostolic Reformation is a counterfeit, unbiblical movement that has been gaining worldwide momentum. Its anointed celebrity leaders, meanwhile, are scurrying to distance themselves from the NAR label, invented by NAR founder C. Peter Wagner, especially now that Discernment reporters have begun shining the light of Scripture, and the sheep have begun to take notice. 
She goes on to say, how does a Christian recognize the red flags if their leaders deny being associated or affiliated with the more recognizable founders and celebrity leaders? There are six distinct traits that characterize the NAR's core teachings. Even if leaders or churches deny they have anything to do with the NAR brand. She brings up a very good point here, my friends, because just as my friend who left the church recently, it was only by the discernment of God that let him know what was going on. There was a big rigmarole, but he saw things over a period of time, and when he put them all together, he knew it was time to leave. Ms. Freeman further states, first, you need to understand that NAR isn't an official organization, nor can it be characterized by a common creed. It is instead a loosely knit and often unaffiliated network of leaders who share common vision and goal for the visible church. Supernatural signs and wonders Dominionism, the Latter Rain Movement, Joel's Army, the Seven Mountains Mandate, Third Wave Revivalism, the IHOP, or the International House of Prayer, my friends, Bill Johnson's Bethel Church, the Hillsong Media Empire, these, she says, are all a part of this shape-shifting movement in one way or another. It is gobbling up churches and deceiving millions who don't even know they've become a part of an apostate in times falling away. Next, she goes on to lay out the six hallmarks of ANRA, NAR rather, church, when she states, here are those traits, beliefs, and some of the common lingo used by adherents. Number one, apostles. She says, we're in a second apostolic age. There are new apostles on the earth today, anointed by the laying on of hands to represent and speak for God here on earth. These super apostles are equal to the original apostles, the ones who witnessed Jesus's life, death, and resurrection and were appointed by Christ himself to the office. Since these new apostles are commissioned by God, their authority may not be questioned. Number two, kingdom. Rather than preaching the gospel of the cross, apostolic leaders are working to bring the gospel of the kingdom of heaven to earth. They do this by taking dominion, of earthly kingdoms or mountains of government, media, entertainment, education, business, family, and religion. Leaders often talk of city building and organize prayer walks to pray against demonic strongholds. They often speak of being mission-focused rather than being Christ-centered. Number three, destiny, presence, and glory. Though members are not always charismatic, they frequently emphasize a manifestation of glory and God's presence and often have a special anointing to receive direct revelation from God, perform healings and other signs and wonders. They teach that our purpose is to achieve our dream destiny so that we can change the world. My friends, here's my commentary on that piece. As we go through these points, remember, they are counterfeits of the real things that have been ordained and mandated by the Lord God for the church body of the Lord Jesus Christ in regards to signs, wonders, miracles, and healings. Those are real gifts of God's Holy Spirit 
my friends. This is a counterfeit of that. Number four, she says, is revival. Revival on a massive scale is key in this movement. There is a strong emphasis on an end times harvest, though through a great awakening that we can usher in. She shares, often these revivals are held in stadiums and reach millions around the world via live stream technology. They are marketed and produced like rock concerts. All scripture verses about end time falling away are ignored and get replaced with hyped up claims about the next big thing that's always just around the corner. Number five, unity. Miss Freeman says that unity at the expense of biblical doctrine is almost always used as both the how and the why of this movement. Unity for the sake of bringing heaven to earth is leading to the blurring of doctrinal and denominational lines, often bringing together well-known leaders of charismatic, reformed, word of faith, seeker, emerging, progressive, and Roman Catholic churches, all under one umbrella. My commentary to that, my friends, is you can see what this movement is promoting. It is promoting an ecumenical, or in other words, the soon-coming satanic one-world church. Finally, she says, NAR churches almost always abandon a major tenant of Christian faith. Number six, NAR denies the sufficiency of Scripture. She states that NAR adherents may believe in the inherent inerrancy and uh, authority of the Bible, but, God, but God's breathed-out word is just not enough for them. Jesus' sacrificial death for our sins is not good enough. The promise of eternal life in heaven is not good enough. And I say to that, my friends, no, nothing belonging to the Lord God is good enough for this satanically inspired counterfeit Christianity because their focus is not on bringing you into the eternal kingdom of God, but rather is to try and have you believe that they and you, if you buy into it, have been called to set up the kingdom of God here on the earth so that Jesus Christ can return. My friends, this is flat out in error regarding what the word of the Lord God states. Miss Freeman ends her piece by asking, what can you do? Then offers these suggestions. First, do your homework, she says. If your church has any part of these six traits, you'll want to humbly alert your leaders. And I say to that, my friends, that most likely, and I would say it would be 99 and 9 tenths percent of the time, the leader, the leaders are not going to listen to what you have to say because whether they admit it or not, they already know what is going on because they have become a part of it. Which translates to don't let the door hit you on the way out, never to don it again. Moving on. Next, I would like to share something with you that may be shocking to many, but it is something that I feel the need to expose because it is something that is as well related to the new apostolic Reformation movement that many unsuspecting real Christians have been sucked into from time to time, that being the viewing of what is called out on the internet the Elijah 
list, which is a compilation of false prophecies from false prophets. And I'm going to say this, my friends, if your word truly is from God, you better get it off that Elijah list because it is a heretic list. And any real Christian filled with the indwelling power of God's Holy Spirit knows it. And you don't want to be counted with the heretics. My friends, don't forget that in the word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ himself said that we would know who belongs to him by their fruits. With that said, let us examine this short but sweet piece by Church Watcher dated January 29th, 2017, titled, Rosebrot Exposes the Elijah List. Steve Schultz as a false prophet, of which the writer begins thusly, Chris Rosebrot from Fighting for the Faith recently reviewed a sermon by Apostle Prophet Steve Schultz of the New Apostolic Reformation, or NAR. The New Apostolic Reformation cult preach a false Jesus false gospel, and New Age metaphysical teachings and strategies in an attempt to bring heaven to earth. The reviewed audio, which they said was below, exposes Steve Schultz as an NAR fraud. You will hear Schultz talk about how the Elijah list started. He did one course on the prophetic from Christian International back in the 1990s. This was under NAR Apostle and Prophet Bill Hammond. The writer goes on to share that Schultz actually reveals how the NAR top echelon manipulate their followers and by stealth introduce, listen up my friends, introduce churches to the NAR. This was their instruction to Schultz. Now, don't go back and start telling your pastor you're a prophet. Just go back and prophesy. And that's just one of the ways the NAR introduces their leaven, or in other words, my friends, sin into the churches. The writer asks, does that sound like a prophet of God operating with integrity or a wolf in sheep's clothing? Why was Schultz encouraged to infiltrate his church and not be upfront with his self-appointed office? The writer as well states, we see this happen firsthand in various denominations. And the results are divided, devastated, or destroyed churches. The writer then goes on to say Schultz also shared how he and his ministry were directly involved with the Toronto blessing, which further embeds him into the DNA of the NAR culture manifesting in the 1990s. The next piece, my friends, that I would like to share with you is something that I have wanted to share for many years. But of course, the Lord has a perfect timing for everything. And today is that day. Because what I have to share with you is as well related to our subject matter of the day, which is the new apostolic reformation movement. This piece is dated January 27th, 2013, my friends, and is by a writer named... Elmery, titled Soaking Prayer, the new NAR Pagan Approach, Beware, of which the writer begins by sharing, this trend will surely reach our shores soon if it is not already in South Africa. Beware and run from these types of false teachings, beloved brothers and sisters, this new ludicrous Practice is part of the new apostolic reformation movement, NAR, as it is typical of their style of teaching. Do not be deceived. 
There is nothing biblical about this latest trend from the NAR. This latest pagan ritual called soaking prayer is nothing but a form of contemplative spirituality, an Eastern form of meditation wrapped in a nice colored paper and disguised under the banner of Christianity. It is pagan mysticism. The writer goes on to say this is what Dr. John MacArthur of, I have to slip a note in here, my friends, of whom, my friends, I personally do not agree with doctrinally and would not bring his doctrine teaching because he holds the view of once saved, always saved, of which in itself is a false teaching of the word of God. But what he has to say concerning the teaching of the NAR is completely in line with what they do teach. He says the following about the NAR. NAR, the New Apostolic Reformation, it is not new, it is not apostolic, and it is not a reformation. By the way, it is like grape nuts. It is not grapes and it is not nuts. It is like Christian science. It is not Christian and it is not science. Well, the new apostolic reformation isn't new. It, is, it isn't apostolic and it isn't a reformation, but it is a rapidly expanding movement being generated by some of the same old troubling false teachers and false leaders that have been around in the charismatic movement for decades, always dishonoring the Holy Spirit, always dishonoring the scripture, always claiming miracles, signs, and wonders, visions, and dreams. And I say, my friends, without the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit, which you cannot do. The writer goes on to share a further explanation of just what contemplative spirituality is. When they say, here is how Dr. John MacArthur explains contemplative spirituality. Contemplative spirituality is an extremely dangerous practice for any person who desires to live a biblical, God-centered life. He says, It is most commonly associated with the emerging church movement, which is riddled with false teachings. It is also used by many different groups that have a little, if any, connection with Christianity. He further states that in practice, contemplative spirituality is primarily centered on meditation, although not meditation with a biblical perspective. Passages such as Joshua 1.8 actually exhort us to meditate, of which the word of God states, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Signed, the Lord God. The writer goes on to say, King James Version, note, What the focus of meditation should be, the Word of God. Contemplative spirituality-driven meditation focuses on nothing, literally. A practitioner is exhorted to completely empty his or her, her mind to just be. Supposedly, this helps one to open up to a greater spiritual experience. However, we are exhorted in Scripture to transform our minds to that of Christ's, to have his mind. In this expose, my friends, it is as well said that contemplative spirituality also encourages the pursuit of a mystical experience with God. Mysticism is the belief that knowledge of God, spiritual truth, and ultimate reality can be gained through subjective experience. 
This emphasis on experiential knowledge erodes the authority of Scripture. We know God according to his word. All Scripture is God-breathed, and it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness or right living, as I like to say, my friends, in Jesus Christ, so that the man of God or woman or child may be thoroughly equipped for every good work, and it can be found in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. God's word is complete. There is no reason to believe that God adds additional teachings or truth to his word. Through mystical experiences, instead, our faith and what we know about God is based on fact. Later in this piece, the writer has this to say, Remember this, if you market an experience-driven method of reaching out to the supernatural, promising supernatural encounters at the expense of a solid foundation in the word and calling it intimacy with God, you will destroy whoever acts upon your method. It's always best to stick with what works. Supernatural things may happen, but they will always be a result of spending the time with the Lord in the methods he gave us long ago. The word and prayer. My friends, this is what the very word of the Lord God has to say about the matter of these false apostles and prophets of the NAR and the likes of them and their demonic teachings, beginning in Galatians chapter 1 at verse 6, where the apostle Paul begins by stating, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. In other words, let him be doomed, my friends. As we, Paul said, before... So say I, as we said before, Paul says, so say I, my friends, and Paul says now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now, Paul says, persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men for if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Paul ends by saying, but I certify you, my brothers, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so say I, the same, my friends. I do not follow man, I follow the Lord. Moving on, in Second John, verses 7 through 11, John had this to say. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ has not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he has both the Father and the Son. If there come unto you, if there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. 
For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. My friends, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, Paul goes on to say, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, which is today, my friends, right now, here and now, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Moving on into 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, Paul as well states, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. My friends, they have arrived and are arriving more and more every day. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such, says the Lord God through Paul, turn away. My friends, I've been telling you throughout this hour that if you're not filled with the indwelling power of God's Holy Spirit, you are not called by God to do anything for God. And here it is being pointed out that the people have a form of godliness but they deny the power thereof. The power of God, my friends, is the Holy Spirit. In 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 4, Paul speaking to Timothy and us, all who the Lord has called, says, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick, or the alive, and the dead at his appearing, and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant, in season, or be ready, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachings, having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. And with that said, my friends, I will now do what the Lord has called me to do, of which is to point all in the direction of a personal relationship with his one and only begotten Son, who is none other than Jesus Christ, the only Savior of all mankind, my friends. That is, of all mankind that call upon his name. As John three sixteen through 18 states, Jesus speaking says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, who is he? He's Jesus Christ, should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, before the time was up, my friends, which is coming soon, might be saved. It says might be saved because it's your choice whether you spend eternity walking the streets of gold with the Lord Jesus Christ or in the lake of fire with Satan and all those who reject the Lord Jesus Christ as their only way of escape or savior from the wrath of God that is yet to come upon this earth. Verse 18 says, He that believeth on him, who is Jesus Christ, my friends, is not condemned. But the word of God says also, He that believeth not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God, and his name is Jesus Christ, my friends. In John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, Jesus gives us this promise. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, 
believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I, Jesus said, would have told you. I, Jesus said, go to prepare a place for you. And if I, Jesus said, go and prepare a place for you, I, Jesus said, will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whether I go, ye know, and the way, ye know. The word way means method, my friends. Thomas Good old doubting Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. My friends, and the way that you get there is God's plan of salvation, not man's plan of salvation. And it's found in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13, for the entire world to see. And if they can't see it, the Lord will come to them personally and tell them. If they're in such a state that there's no Bibles and no one to tell them, the Lord is not beyond coming to that person himself. There will not be one person to leave this earth that has not had their chance to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, or right living in Jesus Christ, my friends. And with the mouth, the word of God says, confession is made unto salvation, or your way of escape. When you, from your heart, and God knows your heart, confesses Jesus Christ. When you confess Jesus Christ, the Lord knows it. You can say those words all day long, but if you're not serious, he knows it. Verse 11 says, For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him, who is he? He's Jesus Christ, shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. My friends, if you don't call upon the name of the Lord, you're going to be doomed. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And my friends, if you want to continue to reject the Lord Jesus Christ until you take your last breath, and if you think you can wait until your last breath, that doesn't always work out, my friends. I've seen millions of people killed every day and even over this past weekend, on the same street, that I don't know where they went. Only the Lord does. Revelation chapter 20, for all those who continue to reject the Lord Jesus Christ, has this to say. John the Revelator said, I saw a great white throne, and him that sat upon it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were the names of the volumes and volumes and volumes of names, my friends, are written of those who have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ are. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works, instead of that which Jesus Christ did upon the cross, my friends. And the sea gave up the dead which were in them, and it which were in it and the and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their filthy rag works my friends emphasis mine and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death and here's how we end today my friends for those who are not ready watching and waiting for the imminent return of the lord jesus christ and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And that would be for all eternity. Today is the day of salvation. Ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins. Begin to know God's word, know it well, and know it correctly for yourself. And be led by the indwelling power of God's Holy Spirit, which comes by way of the evidence of speaking with other tongues. And with that said, my friends, it's a wrap. 
Shalom and blessings unto you until we meet again. I Join Streams in the Desert Live each Wednesday at 4 p.m. on Star Worldwide Networks, where your host, Pastor Dana, will examine the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Streams in the Desert Live thanks you for listening, for your phone calls, emails, and as always, your generous love offerings in support of this internet radio broadcast. You may also visit or email Streams in the Desert Ministries, home of Streams in the Desert Live, by way of the website or Facebook page, which can be easily found on the StarWorldWideNetworks.com Streams in the Desert landing page. Until next week, Streams in the Desert Live bids you all much love in Jesus and that the peace of the Lord Jesus be unto you all now and always. And remember, if you're not serving Jesus now, what makes you think you'll be doing it later in heaven? 